0: Hello everybody, welcome to the Right or Die Show. I'm your host, Randy Lee Boslaw. On today's episode, I'm going to be talking to Jen Nash. Now, make sure that you hit that like and subscribe button because I want to say it at the beginning now. I'm going to try and remember that. Because you know what? I know some of you turn it off at the end when I'm blabbling on. So hit the like and subscribe button right now. Share our episodes out and let's go talk to Jen Nash. Welcome, Jen.
1: Thanks for having me, Randy.
0: So, first off, for those who are listening through the podcast version and not being able to see this um, on YouTube, I have to say Jen's glasses are awesome, and we both are rocking our red glasses, and they're great. So, go us. (laughs) And (laughs) now to the interview.
1: Uh,
0: Tell us a little bit about who Jen
1: is. Well... Thank you for having me. It's super awesome to be here with you and the listeners. Uh, So I am probably a very adventurous, fun-loving person who loves words. And so um, I've been a reader since I was little. And I just wrote a book, which I I think you might've heard about, which is that came out like four days ago. So I'm very excited about that. It's called The Big Power of Tiny Connections, How Small um, Interactions Spark Awesome Outcomes. And it's basically about how, you know, tiny moments, no matter where or when can totally change your life. So like you could be having Coffee at a Starbucks, and somebody says something, and you next next thing you know, you know their brother is hiring your sister. You know, like you can change lives just with small interactions. Or, you know, the woman on the plane next to you, you know, has a great single guy for you, and maybe you meet them and fall in love, and who knows, have nineteen yeah. babies. It could happen. Nineteen. <laughs> <laughs> go mm-hmm. bigger. Go go to bed. <laughs> um, I think that's what got you in that situation. The first place. <laughs> Yes, agreed. And so I'm a traveler. Um, I grew up traveling. I grew up around Asia, believe it or not, as a kid. I'm originally born and raised in Canada. And then um, we moved from Montreal to Malaysia, and then Hong oh. Kong, and then Japan. And Why then is so much moving? What do your parents do? So my dad worked for marketing for Alcan. And since I know, yeah, most of the, most of your listeners are Canadian, you know, Alcan is a global aluminum company, right? So he ran marketing for them. And then uh, when he left Alcan, we moved back to Ottawa. Actually, I'd I'd never lived in Ottawa and I graduated high school from there. And then I wanted to go to art school and... Mom was pushing, you know, for, you know, Nova Scotia School, School of Art, and I was pushing for New York because, you know, I'm an 18-year-old. and Parsons, Exactly. Yeah. And Parsons School of Design sounded pretty wicked to me. So um, I did, of course. Yes. <laughs> Out of my life. Line. Yeah, my my life. So um my wonder pretty much continued though. I would I would have to say that like if you looked at how I've spent my money in my life, I've spent it on um plane tickets, you know, ho- hotels and food.
0: <laughs> you sound like my sister-in-law.
1: Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And then and then real estate. That would be probably like the fourth largest spending. Like, I really appreciate real estate and passive income and being a logical person because long term, oh, you, you don't know, sound how, like her anymore. <laughs> long term, how are we going to support all this traveling? We got to be grounded. It's true. It's very yeah. true. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I became a, a copywriter and a content strategist, and I've evolved that into being a writer and an executive coach. And so I've taken, you know, my two decades of learning and turned it into sort of power punch insight that I can share with both companies, especially now, because we're struggling with this hybrid workplace Um, and then people who are also struggling with this hybrid workplace, but we struggle from different angles, right? The companies want your, your ass in the chair and you are realizing maybe I never need to put my ass in that chair again, but at the same time, true. (laughs) but but at the same time, I kind of miss the free coffee. I kind of miss seeing Maria at the like front desk. I miss seeing, you know, it's true you know, Bob down the hall, you know, it's, it's It's the social aspects that you miss. Yeah. Yeah. And also just like not sitting in your living room or your office or the same place every day. Yeah. Yeah. I think we've, I think we've undersold the commute. Like nobody really needed a two hour commute, but I think, you know, like I am very lucky. I live, I've lived for most of my life, um, and worked for most of my life in Manhattan. So my Yeah, so my commute has been, you know, across the city on a bicycle or down the West Side Highway on a bicycle. Um, Even in the winter? Yeah, I I have a, my brother who lives in Ottawa and bikes when it's like minus 22 Celsius, his attitude is it's only weather. Negative
0: 22? Yeah, he'll bike, yeah. I I
1: probably, yeah, no, I probably draw the line somewhere around negative 10, but like, yeah.
0: Yeah, I didn't even no. want, like, I did walk my dogs last night, but I didn't even want to walk them because it was, like, negative eight. Ooh. Yeah.
1: Where are you again? I'm by Niagara Falls, Canada. Oh, yeah, I know you're in Canada, but I was like, oh, yeah, it's very cold there, though. Yeah, I'm in the have... most southern spot of Canada. <laughs> <laughs> but it's pretty chilly there. You guys have some fierce wind.
0: We, we do, especially I live, because I live close to the falls and, Lake Erie and stuff. We get some really nasty winds.
1: Yeah, you get serious winds, but I mean, at the same time, I'm in Ottawa in the winter a lot, and um, skating on the canal is my favorite. And we need the cold winters in order to facilitate the skating on the canal, or they don't freeze the locks. That's
0: true. That's true. All right. All right. I guess. I guess for people who enjoy winter things, see, I don't skate. I don't snowboard. I don't ski. I don't do all that stuff. Um, it's
1: winter. I stay inside. <laughs> But for well, people I, who enjoy I, I can it. imagine that as a kickboxing champion, you were never asked to perform outside. So that works uh, out. No, we have not been. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a solid
0: indoor sport. It really is. I I chose wisely.
1: You did. You you really did. Um yeah. So I mean that's that's sort of where we've landed. Like now I'm really focused on doing a lot of work around. Supporting people and helping them achieve that next level and really owning all the goodness that they have because I think we struggle to like we we
0: definitely do.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: that's amazing. I love it. Um, so now let's jump into the hard stuff. Although most people think that tell me about yourself is the hard stuff. I don't know. Uh let's talk mental health. So start (laughs) your story. I know, I not not subtle at all. Story uh, start your story wherever it is that you feel is the best starting point.
1: Um. Well, it's interesting. Uh, I think mental health um, was brought to a forefront for me uh, by my dad who was diagnosed with manic depression when I was um, 16. And back then they didn't have anything beyond lithium and lithium requires extremely close monitoring. Prozac hadn't been invented. um, And so he made it for about two and a half years and then he lost his battle with depression. Um, he took his own life. Um, and I think I really understood where he was coming from because he came manic depressive in his late forties due to hepatitis C, which, which triggered strange outcomes in his liver. And it literally, like you can have dormant manic depression and it gets triggered, um, when certain things are kicked off biologically. And so he was an incredibly organized, diligent, you know, person. And to then suddenly be, you know, at the beck and call of wild mood swings, I think was really, really traumatic for him to say the least. That's probably the understatement of his life. It was extremely <laughs> traumatic. Um, yeah. And so it, I really, even though, I, I mean, we were devastated when he killed himself. I think we also understood that for him living like that didn't seem like an option. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm really glad that there's a lot of drugs that are much better these days and that people are, you know, more supported, you know, psychopharmacologically anyway. Yeah.
0: There's um, choices when one thing doesn't work, they can try something else. Whereas, yeah, before, if this didn't work, sorry, I can't help you.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) So how Um, did you feel at that time, though, when
1: your dad took his life?
0: Because you would have been, what, 18?
1: Yeah, I was 18. Um, You know, I think I was in shock for a long time. I think um, my attitude was this was not very good timing. I was graduating high school. I was super focused on just trying to get good grades and then figure out which college I was going to get to go to. And, wow. you know, as I mentioned, I was like squabbling with my mom about whether or not, you know, I was going to have to go to Halifax. But I mean, at, in the end, by the way, I was going to go to McGill. Like I'd sent the money into McGill and everything. And then at oh. the last minute, yeah, at the last minute, she was like, all right, you can go to Parsons. Um, that yeah. So- funny. But yeah. Which, which is funny. Cause now I'm like really McGill over UFT. I should have gone with UFT, you know? <laughs> um, but, uh, I, I really just tried to not think about it, which is not the healthiest. And three years later, I found out while I was in New York that there's such a thing as sliding scale mental health at large hospitals in Manhattan. You wow. can go in and for $25, you can get a very good therapist. And I was like, wait, what? Because I thought that mental health support was gonna be financially way out of my reach.
0: Yeah, especially in the States.
1: Yeah, and so this was like a huge thing for me because I was really worried that this was gonna ruin um, sort of how I approached men for the rest of my life. I was worried that I was gonna have a negative relationship with them uh, as, like, a sort of a fallout from this. yeah. And so I spent a couple years in therapy, um, sort of processing. And it was funny when my therapist uh, moved away, I, you know, this was before Zoom and stuff, and people needed to do their appointments in person. Yes. I was like, so am I cured ish? Like, have I had enough? Like, why do, <laughs> do I get a prize? And she would, you know, like, have I talked about my dad enough? Do do you feel like I'm going to be okay to move forward? And she said, um, yeah, but I really think we should talk about your mom some more. (laughs) And so uh, I still, I mean, I I wasn't able to keep seeing her, but I didn't, I didn't, I didn't go back into therapy actually until my mom died. So yeah. So like 25 years later, I went back into therapy, but um, I think I think for me, like my greatest understanding in terms of people's mental health challenges has been COVID and watching a relationship unravel and then having that unravel you mentally. Like I am very surprised how someone who could totally be normal and grounded could suddenly be spiraling and, you know, maybe maybe not having daily pan attacks, but having panic attacks starting to occur. And yeah. you wonder, how did this happen? How have I gone from being, quote, not that anybody's ever normal, but we think we are, right? Quote, normal Yeah, yeah. Quote, unquote, normal functioning fine to not being able to like really function all that much. Not being able to, because I'm I'm one of these people that's, I'm often thinking about like, okay, so this person's just lost a relative. I should check in often. This person just had a bad break in. I should check in. But, you know, I think a lot of people don't do that. And our world is pretty isolating and it's very easy to feel alone. It's easy to feel abandoned um, by our friends, even if they don't mean to. But one of the things I realized is, So many people in the last two years, especially, are struggling to get through their day, to go through work, to get through, to pay the bills, to get the kids in bed, to get the house clean. They can't think about anything but what's right in front of them. Yeah. And I got really empathetic about that, even though I was also sort of losing my shit, so to speak. Um, (gasps) Okay, so how were you losing your shit? Um, So I went through uh, a really bad breakup and we had made all these promises and plans. And basically he decided not to honor any of them. And I was told by friends, oh, this is the narcissistic discard. And I was like, what? And they were like, yeah, he's a narcissist. And this is the drop. I'm Uh like, what? So I ended up spending like 4 months watching every video and reading every like medical paper around narcissists. Yep. Um and what happens basically is you're so trauma bonded to this person that when the relationship ends and they discard you, your your head spins because you cannot compute the person that you started dating aligning with the person that you ended up dating because they're so different. But yeah. that's because they were faking who they were initially, mm-hmm. and then they reel you in, and then the real self comes out. Well, whatever self that they actually have, which isn't yeah. much, because they're sort of a configuration of mirror images of whatever they want to project. Ooh, and I like that explanation of it. It's, I mean, it's a really complicated personality disorder, which yeah. I was a complete um, naive person about. I really thought when people say, oh, he's a narcissist or she's a narcissist, that it just meant that that person was very selfish. I didn't understand yes. that there was a beginning, there's a middle, and then there's a discard. And then after the discard comes the hoovering because they need the push and the pull of the good and the bad. Yeah. Um, in order to get that feeling that fills them up. Yeah. Because they, they have such broken egos. And I think one of the most interesting things that I learned about was narcissists are made not born. So it's not like a flaw that they arrived with, but it's a flaw that their parents sort of basically enabled and probably created because generally narcissists are raised by narcissists and they're, they're incredibly fragile humans, which is why they've created this massive bundle around their ego. And they're so propped up but they're also, you know, geniuses. They win hands down anything that they want to do. And so yeah. the weird, the weird thing was, is as I learned more and more of this stuff and realized that I was suffering from a trauma bond drop, which by the way, really blew my mind because again, I'm thinking I'm normal, logical, grounded. Yeah. And I'm like, why am I having panic attacks? Why am I not able to sleep? Why do I wake up every day at four in the morning and can't go back to sleep with sort of like terror? Like why? You know, I actually thought that for the year before the breakup that I was waking up at 4am due to perimenopause. (laughs) And then literally, literally when my relationship breakup was finally settled, like the day I finally was able to get all my stuff back. Because of course, narcissists do weird controlly things to remind you that they're in charge all the time. Yep. Um, I started sleeping again. Wow. And I was like, Oh, this was not me physiological. This was mind physiological. Yes. And so, yeah. And then the other thing that I found that really, really helped was believe it or not, and this was so annoying that it helped so much was meditation because <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I'm like, it's not going to work. And um, I, my coach literally said, well, what if it did work? And I was like, that would be amazing. And so I made it. I know this doesn't sound very impressive, but to me, it was huge. I made it 12 days straight. And wow. that, to me, that's very impressive as well,
0: because I I love yoga, but the meditation part of it, I just, I struggle
1: all. Oh. Well, I got an app on my phone called Insight Timer, which I really like. And my attitude was anywhere from six to 12 or more minutes a day counts yeah. just sitting in that space. And Insight Timer lets you set a gong for like the beginning and the end, but you can also set it for every five minutes or every, or at the halfway mark. Yeah. yeah. Why well, have the gong at the beginning gong at the halfway mark? So you can be like, okay. I, I can recommit if my head, if I've got monkey brain going yeah. and then I can, I can manage the next, you know, six, 10 minutes, whatever it is. Um, and so I did 12 days straight and I was having these horrible, like n- not, it was like a body panic attack where okay. my body was somatically flooding with burning sensations due to stress. Yeah. And they calmed down wildly. Like it was like, people were like, Oh, you're having hot flashes, <laughs> but I'm like, but why are my shoulders and my ankles burning? That seems yeah. very weird. Um, And I think it was literally just like a physical mental breakdown. <laughs> yep. Yep. Wow.
0: And, well, and that's just that our, our mind and our body are so interconnected that a lot of people don't realize that when you're going through some kind of mental issue, trauma, or whatever happens to be, it can manifest physically.
1: And oh, it a lot did. Of people don't
0: want to realize that.
1: It, it did. And it's funny because the year before we broke up when things, I mean, at the beginning of COVID, things just, you know, started going terribly awry. And I'm sure a lot of people, uh, it, actually, I'm not sure, some people seem to have the same experience. And then a lot of people had the opposite experience. And I'm, I'm thrilled for all the people whose COVID relationships got tighter and deeper and they love each other more. I, that sounds great. Oh, I'm so happy. <laughs> That's amazing. No, I'm, I'm really genuinely happy for you. But I think it's also fascinating how it just show, showed a huge spotlight on, you know, the problems in other people's relationships as it did with mine. And I mean, I... I really tried because, like, we we sort of broke up after like five months into COVID, and then I was like, okay, <laughs> classic. You know, it's all me, which yeah. is sort of the message I was being told. It's all you. You're just too harsh. You're too strong. You're too bold. Um, you know, I doubled down. At one point, I had like a guide and like a coach and a therapist, um, and I was like, this is a lot. Uh, <laughs> you know, and I'm trying to like live a life and work and all the rest of it. Um and I was shocked this waking up at 4 a.m. with the whole body flushing, almost like I was enraged. I think, I think I was enraged. Yeah. And I just I didn't speak body. And it's been a year of learning how to speak body. Yeah. Which has been interesting. Somatic therapy, who knew?
0: Yeah. A lot of people. It's it's a big, it's a really big topic, but the general population has no idea about it.
1: Agreed. Have you, have you ever had an experience where your body was powerfully reacting to a psychological thing you were dealing with?
0: Um, well, this might be super extreme, but when I had cancer three years ago, my life was completely falling apart. So could have been related. I don't know. Um, but there was definitely a correlation between the two.
1: What, um, was it a heart fall
0: apart? No. Um, so my kid who has autism, anxiety, depression, all that stuff, he was trying to kill himself multiple times, um, in and out the hospital, being called, uh, at work to go pick him up from school. The school didn't know what to do with him. um, he, the superintendent basically put him in a different school that didn't work. So then we were homeschooling, um, and dealing with all of these violent meltdowns. And I just, I didn't know what else to do. My depression was like through the roof. Um, and I, I didn't know what else to do. I was just, I was so
1: tired of everything. Do you mind sharing what kind of cancer it was? Cervical. Interesting. Okay, um, so that's that's interesting because cervical is. Um, do you ever talk about chakras on your program? Um, I have had one person talk about chakras. Yes. Yeah. So uh, the cervical cancer is a chakra one problem, and your first chakra is your your family, where you're from, who your people are, your grounding, and your honestly your real estate. So how stable you are. Um, there you go. So maybe. I mean, there there, there may may have been some alignment. Um, There's an amazing author by the name of Carolyn Mace. uh, And she has a fantastic book called Energy of Anatomy. And then she has another book, which put her on the map, which is called Why People Heal and Why People Don't Heal and How They Can. Hmm. Um, And her idea that you might find interesting, and I think that really does apply to mental health in some respects, is every day you wake up, you get hundred dollars of energy to spend. Okay. If before you've even crossed the room, you've given, you know, 10 bucks to your ex-husband, five bucks to your dad because he drove you nuts, 40 bucks to your boss because he's currently just like a giant pain. Like, you know, you, you're, you've only got like around 40 bucks to get through the rest of the day. So come nine o'clock at night when you're exhausted, but you still have another hour and a half of stuff to do with your kids, your dog, you know, your house, where's that energy coming from? What organ area are you pulling it from? Yeah. That's generally where the dis-ease will occur because it's, 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 it's out of balance. It's really interesting. I think
0: it it is interesting yeah, I've taken a lot of different yoga trainings and stuff, and that is one of the biggest parts of it. Is talking about how the body, well, the body speaks the mind. It's one of the books we yeah. had to we had to read for it. So it's called the body speaks the mind. How the body speaks the mind. I cannot remember who wrote it, but it's called the body speaks the mind. I love that title. I
1: know it's great. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 right up there with this ease. Yeah. Which I think is fascinating. You know, the lack of ease makes perfect sense really. Um, and I, and I think it really does align with the notion that, you know, I really thought I was going crazy. Like, like 20, 2020, I I thought I was going crazy because partially because of the waking up at 4 AM and just being like, like, it wasn't just waking up. It was sort of like waking up at 400 miles an hour, like, whoo. And that's not, that's not how I historically have been. I'm historically a good sleeper, but, um, like when you wake up like that, and then you have these strange flushes, um, and I, and I am 51. So I was like, oh, this is perimenopause. Yeah. I would
0: would not have guessed that.
1: Um, yeah, I hide it well. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but I, but I have lived a long life. Um, but uh, I thought, oh, that's what it is. But oddly, since everything's calmed down and I've put more barriers in place in my life and I've, you know, tried to go no contact as best I can, because that's what all the all the yes. videos say you got to do with a narcissist. Um, it, it's all fine and good. Like yes. literally, I'm like so much better. It's shocking. That is fantastic to hear.
0: Yeah. yeah definitely all the literature says you gotta, you gotta cut them out because they're gonna use their their skills because they they got some serious oh they are manipulating winners. skills like they, they are, are yes so yeah you cannot give them an inch because they will take a mile
1: and I think more than anything, you, I've learned to look at myself because remember, I am 50% of this equation. Like yeah. it's not his fault that I chose to get into it. I chose to get into it. But like we're empaths generally, the people that they want because they want people that absolutely are going to prioritize their needs. Makes yep. perfect sense that they would go after, you yep. know, empaths who probably have a large side of codependency in their personality. Yep. Um, and so I've had to really look at how I show up in the world and that that led me to coaching and being more aware of coach type offerings and i was you know feeling so disconnected in my relationship and in my life because of covid that's actually how i ended up writing the book oh. called the big power of tiny connections yes. and i finished the first draft Right before my birthday in 2020, and then I hired a developmental editor. And so last year, she was like, "It's an adorable book. Nobody needs to read it. However, <laughs> if you're willing to completely rewrite it and add, you know, this, that, and the other thing, and restructure it, I think you have something here." Yeah. And so I completely rewrote it um, at the beginning of last year, and then we broke up, and so my world blew up, and I had to move and change houses, which takes yeah, yeah, a lot yeah. of effort, you know. Well, um, yeah, and then. I, yeah. Oh yeah.
0: <laughs> it takes a lot more than a hundred dollars you have for the day.
1: Yeah, it does actually. So I really had to, to put it on, on pause, but, uh, through, through like coaching and friendships and how people showed up in my life, I just continually really breathed into the idea that how we can act is so important, not only for our day-to-day well being, but for our whole lives Yeah. And so I, I, I really wanted to like get this out there, but, um, I, it definitely started this book while I was tremendously lonely, deeply lonely. Yeah. Yeah. So my mental health was definitely in question. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm glad that you got it done.
0: Um, so speaking of the book, let's, let's jump to the book and
1: where do people get it? You can buy it at chapters or Barnes and Nobles or Amazon.com or pretty much any bookstore. Just ask them to order it in. They'll order it in. Just ask for a book by Jen Nash that's not about diabetes. Um <gasps> apparently Jen Nash has written a book about diabetes. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, go Jen. Um gotta yeah. like
0: add your middle initial in there or something.
1: Yeah. I just feel like Jen Nash, the two syllable thing was really was really easy. But um, it is, but somebody else has got it (laughs) it's i would say this is a great book for anybody that just wants to get more out of life because the book is organized into chapters about like how tiny connections can get you a better job can help you make more money can help make you a better person can help get you invited to more parties can even help you get laid more um and i mean i broke it down into all the things that people want and then And the part three of the book is getting practical is more corporate initiatives. Like how can companies support hybrid workplaces? What can they do to really help people feel supported? Mm -hmm. Because right now retention is such a huge problem. Like people are so unhappy in our lives. I think that a CEO said this to me two weeks ago, she said, we're so unhappy because of COVID we can't move cause that's too much. We can't like divorce our partners cause that's too much. You know, we, we can't get rid of our kids or our cats cause that's not allowed. So what does that leave us in terms of if we're hungry for change? Yeah. She's like, oh, you quit your job. And they've never experienced um, basically people bailing at a rate of over 20%. Wow, And I think, and I think a lot of companies are seeing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I'm really uh, leaning into working with uh, human resources, learning, and developmental groups, uh, yeah. retention and acquisition and through connection because culture, I think, is going to be like everything. Oh, because that, sure. that's going to keep people
0: engaged. Yeah. Exactly. People, I mean, there's there's jobs out there. If you want to look for a new one, you can go and look yeah. for a new one, but finding a job where you are happy to go to every day you look yeah. forward to going to that's what's hard so yeah it's all about the culture it's all about the way that your boss treats you not yeah. like of course the paycheck's important too yeah. but it's about how you're treated are you treated with respect are you given room to grow to be creative to use what you have that's when you want to stay
1: yes I think that's very well said Randy and I think it's really important that you know, companies realize that we've been offering dry cleaning and free food at fancy companies for a long time, but also offering, you know, coaching and mental health services, Um, even like massages, like, because, you know, massage releases oxytocin, which literally calms our brains and our parasympathetic nervous systems. Like all of that can actually make us better employees because happier employees are more productive. Yeah. And, um, when when employees are encouraged to foster friendships at work, their chances of staying longer are over 75% higher. I believe because they like they like where they work. It's like yeah. going to see their friends. It's perfectly yeah. logical. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. You spend um, a lot of
0: time at work, you might as well enjoy it.
1: Yep. Absolutely. Um, by the way, they can also get the book on my website, which is jennash.com, J E N N A S H.com. So that's easy. Perfect. Um,
0: so then that brings me to the next part is where do people follow you?
1: Uh, you can follow me, uh, you know, I'm, 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 I'm on Instagram, but I'm probably going to be shifting, but they're welcome to follow me at moneyinstigator.com. I'm very, uh, passionate about encouraging women to know their worth around money. And so I put a lot of work into building out a brand around female financial empowerment. And you can read more about that at moneyinstigator.com if if they want to check that out, Um, Yeah. But I'm definitely all about ladies understanding how critical it is that we start negotiating from an early age. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm going to have to think about that, but you can also follow me on Twitter. I'm Jen Nash.
0: Okay. I can't on Twitter, but other people can. Yes.
1: (laughs) Yes. Um, well, I mean, you're, you're going to inspire me to start TikToking. Oh my goodness. It's so much fun.
0: You have to TikTok. So I got my husband into TikToking. So he at first for the past couple months, he's only just been scrolling. He hasn't posted nothing. He just likes watching them. And so he is now posting what he's doing. So what his thing is, he's at socks guy. So it's sock X guy or socks guy. And it's he's putting on a new pair of socks, a completely different pair of socks for 365 days.
1: Wow. It's, is he getting
0: sponsorship? That That's his goal. He wants to get a sponsorship so he can have different socks. So for Christmas, the Christmas that just passed, I bought him 130 pairs of socks to well, start him off loves, well. He loves you. I said, if this is your mid- midlife crisis, you just, you know, want 365 pairs of socks, then
1: that's have about really That's Oh yeah, that's a really good one. I like that better than any one of the else's that I've had to deal with. Um, yeah, I'm digging this for you, Randy. What's What's your TikTok handle?
0: My TikTok handle is at Right or Die Show. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, but then I also have one for my animals, who actually have way more followers than I do, because I mean animals, and yeah. they are at Fred Daff, and the Gang. So Fred, yeah, yeah. and then Daff is Daph is D A P H. Yeah and the gang.
1: You have a pet named
0: the game? No, no, the gang, G-A-N-G. Oh, got it.
1: Yeah. It's good that I clarified.
0: Exactly, exactly. And also <laughs> I'll throw my links down in the description below as well as Jen's, of course, they will be first. And then I'll throw those couple down there below in case anybody's like, hey, yeah, I wanna follow Socks Guy or see adorable animals. Cause I now have three dogs. We just got another dog before Christmas, Floppy um and four cats. So we have some adventures on on the TikTok. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty exciting.
1: That's awesome. I will absolutely follow you. That would be it. delightful. Yes.
0: And then you'll just you'll get the TikTok bug and that's it. And then I'll be joining. Uh, yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. I love it. Thank you.
0: So do you have any last pieces of advice for our viewers, listeners?
1: Um I think that based on, you know, having talked about mental health and connection, I think that one of my favorite pieces of advice, which is actually in the book, is around, you know, a lot of the times we don't want to do stuff. You know, we don't feel up for it. We're not in the mood. Um, And we have a pretty aggressive little negative voice in our head that's saying, we don't need to do that. We'll be fine if we don't. Um, I, I list out a whole bunch of things that we tend to lean into when we're trying to avoid connecting, but I think if we can bribe ourselves, um, for instance, like, okay, I'll go for an hour and then I can watch, you know, two episodes of Ted Lasso or something. Um, you know, we're going to, in the long run, be more supportive of ourselves because the isolation and the not connecting, and the not reaching out and the not going on a Zoom where you might end up in an interesting breakout room with someone yeah. is is really hurting us. I think individually as well as as a culture. So yeah. I I would encourage people to tr- to come up with their favorite way to bribe themselves so that like even if it's just once a week, yeah, they're managing to push themselves through that that hump. Yeah. And, and it's and, what we do with kids.
0: It's what we do with yeah. dogs, right? Yeah. We bribe them with something. Hey, you get five extra minutes of bedtime or TV time or a cookie for the dogs. Right. So yeah. yeah find something, a healthy, something,
1: of course, a healthy something, a healthy, something for sure. Yeah. How about you? You got any last minute tips from your, from your new year's year? Cause you just had a new year's weekend. You might have some awesome tips.
0: That's true. That's true. So I would say um, the biggest lesson that I learned last year that I'm, you know, really promoting. And it's actually what I named my, one of my books that I published last year is embrace yourself. Well, I called it embracing me, but embrace yourself, embrace everything that is you. Um, actually, if you haven't seen the movie in Canto, that's entirely what the movie is about. It's it's the new Disney cartoon movie and that's entirely what the movie is about is embracing who you are because you are an amazing person just the way you are. So that is, you know, everybody needs to keep that message with them. And if you Mm -hmm. haven't watched that movie, watch it because yeah, it gets the message across
1: really well and it's got some awesome songs. Oh, good. I'm in. I'm in. I need need something fun, charming and self-supporting to watch. I love it. Perfect. And
0: that's your go-to for it. I've been listening to the, um the playlist on like repeat on Spotify (laughs) because I just really like
1: those songs they're so good. Oh that's awesome. I I'm in. Thank you. And uh I mean I'm a I'm a big fan of letting our our lights shine you know because nobody's light is like your light. And I explained it to someone who was really struggling with depression this way. I said you're a crystal and when light bounces through you and refracts against the wall it's always going to be just the way it comes out of you. It's not the way, like my light would be very different than your light. Yeah. So please, please let the light refract against the wall. Cause I want to see what your light looks like.
0: I love that. So on that note, thank you so much, Jen, for being on the show and sharing with us.
1: Oh, thank you for having me, Randy. I've really enjoyed my time with you.
0: So we have a sponsor for today's episode. It is Taylor Smith Design. And I have been using the services for, I guess, over, almost over a year now. I use the do-it-yourself services, and it makes posting on my social media so much easier. Seriously. They have a user-friendly platform where I can schedule all of my posts for the whole year on multiple social sites at the same time. The best part about it is that I can create recurring posts so that I don't have to constantly redo the same thing. It works great for promoting my books. Plus, if you run multiple businesses like I do, since I'm a kid's momager, you can hook it up to multiple accounts, one price for all of your needs, and it saves so much time. Depending on the level that you sign up for, it can do so much more than just that. I'm still trying to figure out some of the features that it offers. If you need an affordable solution for your social media needs, then go to getseensocial.ca. Use code Write or Die to get your first month totally free. All right, who doesn't like free? Remember, you want to go to getseensocial.ca and use the code Write or Die. Get that first month free. So remember, those links are going to be down in the description below, so you can get a hold of Jen's books as well as, of course. Follow everybody on TikTok, including my very strange husband that is going to have 365 different pairs of socks. I don't get why, but it's a lot better than buying a new sports car. Or just a sports car. Saying a new sports car implies he has one, and he doesn't. And he's not going to. (laughs) Uh, As well, we do have a merch store. 10% of the proceeds goes back to the Canadian Mental Health Association. And remember, the only way to end the stigma of mental health is to speak openly and honestly.